is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Lucas of the band Holding Absence over Zoom video. Lucas was born and raised in a small town in Wales in the UK, and he talks about how he got into music. His parents were huge music fans. They were actually at the iconic Nirvana show in Reading, the one that they made a whole album of. So it was cool to hear him talk about that. When he was in seventh grade, his teacher brought in a kick drum, snare, and hi-hat and was having everybody try to learn how to play you know, a beat on, on the drums. And he was the only one in the class that could do it. So that kind of sparked his interest for making music. Didn't stay on the drums, but taught himself piano and guitar. And obviously he sings. We hear about his first band, Falling With Style, the success they achieved, how he eventually joined Holding Absence, them getting signed to Sharp Tone Records, the difficulty they had putting out that first full-length album. We hear about the greatest mistake of my life, the most recent full length, and all about the brand new split EP with Alpha Wolf. You can watch our interview with Lucas on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel. If you'd like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be cool if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Holding Absence. Yo! Hey, what's up, Lucas? How are hey, you? Hey, man. I'm good, thank you. How are you, bro? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate you doing this today. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. Um, I'm Adam, and this is a podcast about you, your journey in music, and uh, we'll talk about the split you have coming out. Um, here you know pretty shortly in august i believe right mid-august yeah dude like two weeks i think it's creeping up so <laughs> I, oh yeah it's so weird that like feels. august is literally next month <laughs> like next mm. week dude i know so we're getting there though nearly through another year and then slowly closer towards the big void of death yes come on, <laughs> <laughs> right on man well uh again i appreciate you doing this uh first off talk to me about where were you born and raised um, I'm from a country called Wales in the United Kingdom. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the smallest. It's the smallest country in the UK, and I feel like I feel like it's probably the least well known on the world stage as well. Like you know, I feel like you know England. Everybody knows England. You've got mm -hmm. the Queen. Scotland. You've got haggis and kilts. Ireland. You've got leprechauns and uh, potatoes. I guess. Uh, but yeah. Wales, where I'm from, is, is very much just the, the small little country. But yes, yeah, so, and I'm also from a very small town as well called Pontypridd. So, um, yeah, so my whole life, I've, you know, I've just been growing up in a, in just a small town in a small country, really. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. You're fairly close, though, to like, you know, in London and everything, right? Or yeah. Too the, far. The thing is, try, trying to tell anybody from, especially America. America, you know, we, like, we don't know uh, anything over here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like. No, but I mean, like, <laughs> as far as like, uh, you know, geographically, I'm so bad with it. Well, no, the part I was getting at is I'm an hour away from England. You know what I mean? So that is nothing really on the, when you think about Americans, you know, it's like you guys, the country's so big mm -hmm. that like, 
an hour is nothing really but obviously to, to me you know like because our country is so small it's like half an hour is is far away you know sure. um, but yeah so so yeah we're not we're not too far away at all like I, I currently live in Cardiff which is the capital of Wales okay. um, and you know I'm only like three hours away from London even so so I'm not as far out in the sticks as, as it feels I guess you know if I compare it to a place like Texas which is just Massive. huge compared right. to the UK yeah for sure. yeah it's it's very interesting because um uh, f- friends of mine are in the band, the struts and their drummers from oh. Wales. And mm. it was always blew my mind. I'm like, how are you from a, you know, th- th- he's like, th- they're from Derby and he's from Wales, like a part of Wales. And he's like, dude, it's like 30 and 45 minute drive. Like it wasn't very yeah, far. Yeah. It's just like a little, it's man for sure. And I'm trying to think of a good example of like a state, I guess it's like, or maybe not actually, but you know how like Vegas is kind of near California or whatever, where it's right, like, right. It's or close like enough, but it's still different. To maybe you know San Diego. I don't know. That even seems too far. Like it's <laughs> yeah, crazy. But, yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, so did you grow up in like a rural area? Like, was there anything around? Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, it, I lived in a town. You know, by no means did I grow up in like some sort of like desolate kind of okay. uh, farmland and <laughs> such. What I'm you know, thinking. I had like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, I, I had a local little town and stuff, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's just a street, you know, and there's just shops and, and then, you know, so it was, it was very, it was super low key, you know, growing up. And, um, and I think to be honest, ha- like talking to you the way that I am, I'm only talking like this because I've left Wales and I've seen how big the world is, you know, mm. but, um, you know, to a lot of people, I mean, Pontypridd is kind of big, really, even though it's, uh, it, now I've seen Australia and America and stuff, it just feels like, you know yeah you only know what you know right yeah yeah exactly yeah wow okay what what about a musical household did you grow up in a musical family at all yeah so I was really fortunate that my parents are um a massive music fans you know and like I look back and there's photos of me as a kid wearing like um a prodigy t-shirt you know and like you know and like yeah man and like my parents went to the Reading Nirvana 92 famous performance and stuff, you know, so, so my parents have always been into music and, and I feel like I was always going to get into music, but um, they were, they were very chill as well. They weren't like, I gotta be honest. They never give me like lessons on an instrument or anything. It wasn't like I was like, you know, uh, born and then given a guitar straight away or anything. And they, they let me find it myself, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And when I was probably about 10 years of age, I got into American Idiot by Green Day. That was kind of the entrance for me. But, okay. um, but you know, I, just, I always look back at photos or whatever, and I feel like my parents are, are similar to how I am now, really, you know? Mm-hmm. So, That's cool yeah. that you got into Green Day. Um, I'm like a decade. I'm literally a decade older than you. So when I Okay, yeah, music, so Dookie first, was first, the one. That yeah. was the one. That's what's yeah, so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll talk to people that are, you know, 10 years younger that are like, oh, I got into you know, American idiot. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was like me discovering Dookie. I was like, Oh my God. Cause I looked it up, man. And like, as a side topic, like, isn't it crazy that they did Dookie and then a decade later did American idiot. Like those are two career defining records and they're not at all similar, you know? Mm. And it's like, and a decade is long for any band to be existing, let alone to be writing like proper magnum opus music, you know? So, uh, well, they've yeah, continued to put out, I mean, such great record. If you look at like, you know, every album was like hit, hit. Cause even between American Idiot and that album, they had, you know, Nimrod with Time of Your Life on it. They had Insomniac, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that, like a warning, yeah, all that came out. And it's just crazy to see. 
that band's going to be like U2 where they're going to have a huge hit record. Like they probably every, already are every decade <laughs> until like the end yeah. of time. <laughs> That's cool. So you got an American idiot and real quick side note on the, the show, your parents went to, they went to that Nirvana show. That's like the live recording that you can you get. get on record. Yeah. yeah. yeah wow. That's so, insane. Uh, I yeah. have that record. Nice. Yeah. So they were there, they were in the field. Yeah. That's crazy. so cool. That is yeah. so cool. All right, so you get into Green Day. Were you playing guitar? Is that what got you into guitar and, and singing and everything, so, or prior? No, so I, um, uh, you know, you know how it is. I, I, I find it's always a funny one when people say, "When did you start singing?" or whatever. I'm like, dude, mm -hmm. everyone sings when they're a kid. You know what I mean? Like right. everyone. But like, you know, it's just like something the kids do. You know. So for me, it was like I, I could always sing a bit. Mm -hmm. but you know, I, I, my first kind of introdu introduction to, to music was actually like drumming. Like that was, for me, that was like, because in year seven, we did, um, it, was, it was actually really cool. And I'll never forget the lesson. My teacher set up like a drum kit and it was hi-hat, snare, floor tom, you know, or like bass drum bass or whatever. Drum. And, mm -hmm. um, and I was the only kid that could do the one, two, three, four, one, two, three, oh. and actually have the kind of, and I remember thinking like, do it now i gotta i gotta get into drumming because i'm the only kid in the class like i've never been particularly good at and i'm not in a hard done by way but you know by most stretches i am just like a very average person you know so for the first time in my life it was like i can do something nobody else in my class can do so i'm gonna try and pursue it you know and then it was a case of uh nobody could sing either and i was the guy who could sing a bit so okay. I just became the singer in the end, really. So Okay. So you, but you also continued playing drums. Is that something you, you carried with you or no? No, I, ironically, drumming is the one thing that uh, dr drums are the one instrument that I, I don't play anymore just because, you know, it's so expensive and it's so loud. It's so time consuming. It's a very physical, um, I oh, call yeah. it a sport, you know, because it, it feels like it really sport, is. You know? Yeah. 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 But, um, but in the meantime, I've taught myself how to play piano, how to play guitar, um, so I'm very much in touch with myself as a musician, even though I'm only a singer in Holden Absence. Sure. Um, but uh, I wish I was a drummer, though, dude, like the most fun instrument. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like I, you can always get like if you're the drummer, you can choose the band. Right. Usually the drummer. Yeah, is the dude. Guy that everyone's looking for like, oh, and then it's he's got to like. Okay, do I want to? I have 10 bands I can join. Which one do I want to yeah. join? <laughs> and I think I, every band wishes they had a drummer, and every drummer could join any band. You know, every good I, drummer has like 10 bands. Like Jesus, yeah. I know, it's crazy. That's why my son's six, and he has a ridiculous amount of energy. And when COVID happened, I'm like, I got to get him doing something. So we bought sure. an ele electric drum kit so it wouldn't nice, be like cool. insanely yeah. loud. loud. And yeah. yeah, and now he's doing lessons and stuff so it's pretty crazy to you know cool, see him do it i think he likes it i mean if even if he doesn't at least he's well, doing he'll always it remember it as well <laughs> right, i, I right. think that's a big thing is when you're a kid it's like you don't need to you know i, I look back at things i grew up alongside and i didn't like them at the time mm -hmm. but now i i understand them better and i'm grateful that they were always in my life in some weird way you know so maybe he'll not like it and then five years later he'll be like Whoa, I can already play drums and I like music right. now. So it's I like, want to play it. Right, exactly. Exactly. I yeah, didn't want to yeah. like push him and be that parent. Sure, like, dude. you're good. But I'm like, he's doing well, it. It's something to take his you know, time up for uh, 30 minutes a week. But we're, we're I going. Think, I, think a, I think a big thing as well is like, you know, I mean, I think back to all the things my parents, not, not that my parents made me do anything, but I look back at some things and like, I just hate a lot of things in life that 
I was maybe made to do as a kid. Right. Or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I remember stuff. I don't really like swimming, right? You know, and I know it sounds really dumb, but it's like because when I was a kid, my parents took me to swimming lessons because it's an important skill to learn, and sure. I just didn't like it. And now I'll <laughs> never like swimming. It's not their fault, you know. But like, so it is one of those things you've got to be careful with kids, not to like exactly like not to to over make them actually accidentally hate the thing you're trying right. to do. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Cool. So you um. When you, you said you, you were the only guy that could sing or would sing, you start singing what for a band? Did you have some friends that got together and you're like, we should start a band? Or like, how did that yeah, start? Man. Yeah, it was like, because um, one thing I will, I, will, I will always be grateful for is every year in school, there was a talent show. Um, mm. And it was, you know, the thing is, is like kids don't, not many kids naturally want to make music, you know, especially not in front of a hall full of people. So it wasn't really hard to do those talent shows either as long as you put your name forward you'd, you'd probably get a slot and it'd only be like three minutes and whatever uh -huh. and you know so I feel like every year I was just doing the talent shows just because like I just really wanted to to, to music I guess so in year seven I did basket case with um you know, oh, you and did. I was like, yeah straight up dude and I was an 11 year old kid with my <laughs> you know my uh, yeah um and obviously you know I, I li listened back to that song and I'm like I didn't know what a whore was. I was going to say the lyrics. Was and it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. But it was like, I didn't have a microphone either. I was literally stood on a stage singing in front of my whole school without a microphone over a CD. The uh, international oh, really? Singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I look back, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to do that. And then, yeah, when I was maybe like 14, 15, I tried to drum and do like an Enter Sandman cover or something, or, you know, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then when I was about 16, me and my best friend Scott, who I still, who plays guitar in Old Absence, and we still make uh -huh. music together now, we kind of met like a group of other musicians from another school down the road. And we formed our first band when we were like 15, 16. So that was like my kind of, my introduction to everything, you know, putting mm -hmm. on shows, um, you know, and we managed to make a scene on like some industrial estate with like this really small venue. And every week, you know, kids would be selling it out. It was only a hundred people, but it was, it was like oh, a real thing. Kids you know? every week. Yeah, yeah that's, dude. That's yeah, good. Insane. Um, and I really view that as the foundation of my music career is just the fact that, you know, me and a bunch of kids from a small town just wanted to make music and we did everything we could to make music, you know? Mm -hmm. And was that band yeah. uh, Falling With Style? Was that the first yeah, band? That, yeah, oh, it was. Okay. Job, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we, we were a band for five years. We put out three EPs. We played uh -huh. Download Festival, which was- Yeah, you did a lot of stuff. I mean, so that was yeah, your high yeah. school band that, that just kept yeah, going? Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, dude. And then when we went to uni, you know, it's, it's hard because when, you know, when, when you're making music, you want everything to be romantic, everything to make sense and- we kept putting out EPs mm -hmm. and we kept selling out the, the average small venue in Cardiff every year, you know, like metronomic. And then there came a year where it was like, oh, we got to do an album now. And I just, we've not got any money and it's just, are we ready to make this jump? You know? And I think the wheels fell off sadly. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had a year out. I realized how lost I was without music, you know, but luckily I, that was the third year in my degree. So um, mm -hmm. I, I did actually focus on education for a year. And then I literally joined Holden Absence the, the year after that. So, um, wow. so it was really, it, I'm really fortunate that I, I've kind of been making stable music every year bar one mm -hmm. for over a dec over a decade now, you know? Yeah. So, well, which you, is so uh, sick. Yeah. Did you go to school for music or no? 
nothing. Re- yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. oh. I did. So my, my education, uh, my my degree is in popular music, and I will be the first to admit, like I, I don't think it's really relevant to many job, um, you know, uh, career kind of. It's relevant to your like, current I, career. I mean, I, it is. I know. I know. True. Very good point. But I didn't need it to do what I'm doing now. You know. So it probably um, didn't but, hurt. I'm sure you learned a lot. For sure, man. And I, I will say, I kind of view it as more like it afforded me three years to not have to get a job and not have to let go of that dream. You know, mm-hmm. like I remember, I turned up to the the first week of that of the the course and some of the like one of the questions was like who here has ever played a show or a gig or whatever you know and and at that point i had played download with fallen with style and it was like about 10 kids were like oh you know i've never played a gig in front of people i was like dude i played with iron maiden you know like so <laughs> yeah. you're probably you know, blowing was, these kids minds they're like oh my like yeah. why are you here <laughs> yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah so those three years though you know i I kept doing what I was doing and, and you're right. You are right. I, I, I was surrounded by the thing I loved. So mm-hmm. that, that definitely helped me. But um, it, it is a funny one. Cause when people say, do you think it's necessary to get a degree or do you think it's necessary to pursue further education or whatever? I don't really know the answer, even though I did it myself because mm-hmm. may, maybe I didn't need to do it, but I'll never know. Right. I guess it all comes down to if you know exactly what you want to do, you know, when you hit yeah. 17, 18 years old, then maybe it's, it's worth a, a shot. I think that's it's not, hard, you know, that's what's yeah. hard. The, I think the hard thing is though, is like what I do now, I would, I would encourage any child to do what I did and pursue a life of, you know, passionate creation the way that, you know, that I have right now. And I'm very fortunate to have it. But at the same time, you know, I always knew that, what I wanted to do was unrealistic. And I was always aware that there was a big drop from, you know, I, I, I kind of knew like once I finished uni, I might just have to get a job, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm fortunate that it worked out, but I think it's, it's about having the humility to know, you know, it takes a lot of luck as well as a lot of hard work, you know? Sure. And even then, more, I mean, more luck. <laughs> well, uh, it's interesting because, you had played download and your band was selling out this venue and you were doing, you had EPs and everything released. It's like, I think some people just don't understand that even that like level of success in a band doesn't uh, always equate to mo- like a, like enough money to live. Right. Dude, for sure. Yeah. And like, you know, I look back and I'm grateful we're assigned to a label, you know, I don't have to pay to record an album, which is insane. Right. But I, I look back and like every Christmas, me and the boys in, in that band, we would save our Christmas money and we would spend it on studio time, you know? Right. And it's just like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm grateful that I was a kid who had parents who didn't allow me to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. But in some respects, it's like, even that is unrealistic, you know? Right. Yeah. It's just so interesting. I interviewed a band. I'm not going to, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> under yeah. the bus, but uh, they talk about it in the interview. Uh, but it was interesting because the at the time the current guitar player it it was working at uh, GameStop, which is like a you know video game store, and the singer, the current singer of the band, who was singing prior to this, there's they had a video on MTV. I mean, they were doing tours, and I remember he came into the store, I guess, and the guy's like, "Oh my gosh, like you know, blah blah blah, like uh, you lo- I love your video," and he's like, "Thanks, like are you guys hiring?" Because like he was off oh, tour, yeah, you know dude. what I mean? Oh, like it's just so yeah. wild, and I've had other. 
my friends that worked at like Hot Topic that were touring bands. And, you know, it just takes so much time to even get to that next step of not working and just doing that full time. And being 100% transparent, I have been a barman at the same rock club for nearly 10 years now. And the only reason I'm not like technically working there at the moment is because I, I can't because I'm away so much, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm still in a position where like, you know, if, if I wasn't away for three months at a time, you know, I definitely am still in a position where I, I serve our um I serve our fans. In, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I frequently, you know, on a Friday night, I, I get stopped for photos like three or four times, you know, because That's it's like, cool. and which is super cool. But like, it's crazy that that is a reality, you know, uh-huh. like, like holding absence fans, people with tap, you know, I remember one time I was pulling a pint and at the back of this crowd of people, someone just lifted up their arm and pointed at their holding absence tattoo. And I was like, I, this is the coolest and saddest thing of all time. <laughs> it's not, but it, it's reality, man. I mean, it's yeah, it is. Yeah. growing up. I grew up in San Diego and do you know the band, the locust they're uh, No, the name they, is cool though. So maybe, they, yeah, I don't know. they they, they had some, some fame and, and, and did some things. And uh, the, I remember the singer like worked at this bar. We used to frequent, like he was sometimes was like the door guy checking IDs and it's yeah, like, Oh my gosh, that's yeah. Justin Pearson from the look. It's like, what is he doing? <laughs> checking ideas yeah. but it's like his band was big and signed and, and you know had merch out and you know they're yeah. they're still like a, a legitimate band but it's like still just crazy to think I, he's probably not working anymore but at the time he was and it was like oh my gosh yeah. like he's here like so weird but um but to real quick to to just ask a f- couple follow-ups on on falling with style like and then we'll get into obviously you joining holding absinthe and in, in, in that part of your, your story um, real quick. was that from like the first thing I think of when I read that was um, Buzz Lightyear in Toy oh, Story. No. Yeah, and, yeah. and I only think that, and I only say that because my, my kids are like obsessed. Like I think I've seen that movie 6,000 times. <laughs> and like, that was the Good. first thing I thought of. And I, it probably isn't, but I, that was what really triggered my head. So I, I'm, I mean, basically, yeah, I think it is. Like, I joined the band after they'd named it, so it was okay. like I didn't actually have any input on the name. Um, but I got to be honest, dude, I look back and I'm like, it's kind of cool that, like, that childhood band of mine is named after something so childish because it really dates it in my head. I know that sounds really stupid, but it's like... No. When people, when people find out I was in a band named after Toy Story... I think it's rad. kind of sums up... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of sums up the fact I was just a kid, you know? Right. And, and like... And also, Toy Story is fucking sick. Like, I'm, no, for sure. I, I grew I mean. up watching Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. yeah so no but it's funny. Yeah, because yeah. it's funny because I was wondering just because when Toy Story came out, you were like one years old. <laughs> so, yeah, like, dude, I know. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but it still yeah, holds I'm, up. I mean, yeah. my kid's six and he's Bad. still watching it. But um, yeah, that's funny. Okay, so you uh, that you said that band kind of you know dissolved and you were just doing a year of school. And then how do you land in, in Holding Absence? Because I know they did a, a little bit before you joined, right? They had a couple singles out or something like that. Yeah, so Holding Absence was a band Yeah, before I joined and they'd released two songs and they obviously had a different vocalist and stuff. And yeah, basically they just, just stopped working with the vocalist that they were with. I think, you know, not to talk, not to talk smack, but like yeah, I think no, that sure. they were they were a bit more ambitious than maybe he put 
putting in the effort or the energy or whatever. And they were right. kind of and like, that happens, right? Um, I mean, yeah. that's the hardest thing is to get a group of people together that are actually willing to put everything into it and just for sure. You know, and and also, you know, for reference, the, the vocalist at the time, Zach, he then went on to form a band called Parting Gift. And they were an awesome band, you know. So, so he definitely had the chops. It wasn't like he was like, you know, it was just one of those. Yeah, things it wasn't like they really. kicked him out. Yeah. They're like, you're not good and enough. Then, it was more like, yeah, yeah exactly. And then, and then he went on and did, like, did loads of cool music anyway. So, yeah. but um, but yeah. So I, I joined, I joined them basically, and and you well, know, how did they, you meet they, them? Did you know they were looking for a singer? So this is this is kind of the crazy thing about Holding Absence and Falling With Style, you know, is like the first ever Holding Absence show was supporting Falling With Style. Like, so, so you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously now, I don't know if you you would know this, but literally three of the members of Holding Absence now were in Falling With Style. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much become, yeah, it's pretty much become my old band in a weird way. But um, the reason that band kind of, I think, or, you know, or really at the inception was our drummer now, Ashley, who's like a, a, a proper incredible drummer. He filled in for Fulham Star for one tour and everyone was just like, who the hell is this guy? You know, everyone <laughs> in the card scene was like, whoa. And, um, and yeah, they kind of, they got him in and, and I lived with uh, Faisal, the guitarist who's now in Loathe. Mm-hmm. And I'd known James, the bassist at the time who's now in James and the Cold Gun. I'd known him for 10 years. Um, so I don't like to use the word incestuous because it sounds like a negative word, but when you're from a town and a scene as small as I am and as small as Cardiff is, you know, it's like everyone knows everyone. Like I said, I, I lived with, I've got a matching tattoo with like two of those guys, you know, we, we lived in the same house and stuff. And it's just like, it just kind of naturally kind of became that thing. So, okay. um, so, so yeah, I, I, it was just, it was just one of those things where like, I guess, I don't know what the expression is, you know. That like, it just kind of made sense, like, oh, well, he, you know. Yeah, well, he's not in a band anymore, and we needed a singer. And then when Faisal left, we needed a songwriter, and Scott was a great songwriter, so Scott come in. And then James left, and, you know, and mm-hmm. it's tough because I look back, and it's like, it is weird having had so many lineup changes. That's, that's one thing that kind of bums me a little bit about our band is that I think people will probably look at, on paper, if you look at the facts that there's more ex members than there are current members, and no members of the original lineup are members of this lineup, you know. But um, honestly, you know, we've always been a passionate band, and and I think when Faisal and James both left in their own in their own time and and for their own reasons, it was passion driven, you know. And 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 I think in in a setting like ours, where you know we're we're doing things that cost sacrifice but are worth pursuing and um you know i think i I, i'm at peace with why those guys left because Mm -hmm. they followed their hearts you know and that's literally the the goal of this band is to just to follow your heart and then and then yeah like i said i've been making music with the replacement members for nearly a decade so it all just feels quite natural to me even though on paper it might not be (laughs) but yeah in the same regard though it's like you joined the band after they only had two they had two songs out right and Yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean it's like Trey Cool wasn't the original drummer of Green Day. Of course. I mean, they yeah, put a record dude, you know, out without him. Like the first Bruce album Dickinson that, wasn't the original vocalist. The singer, of Iron Maiden. You know, right, exactly. Like, it, it doesn't really matter too much. But when you hear so. Iron Maiden, you think of you, you know think Bruce Dickinson. Oh, it's exactly like Misfits. Right. You know, they didn't have Glenn Danzig for a number of years, but they were still the Misfits. Yeah. And it's like, well, that you know, it's just the whole thing. 
Yeah, I guess when it comes down to original members, it really depends. If it was they were a band, had six albums out and, you know, were signed to whatever, Atlantic, and then you came in, maybe then it wouldn't be all the original. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> so we had conversation though. Yeah, 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 it doesn't even matter. Uh, but so, okay, so you joined the band and you guys, when does it like the turning point happen? Like, okay, now you're in the band. They had a couple songs out, but when do you start? Do you have to build everything back up or do you have the falling with style fans that are kind of following along? That was, a, that was an interesting point um, because, yeah, like I feel like kind of brought more falling with style fans to hold an absence than they maybe already had, you know, they were such a small band. So, mm -hmm. so but even then I, I, it's not like I, it was an exodus of hundreds of fans. It was, I think it was more like kind of hype within the scene, you know, it was like people mm -hmm. knew what I could do. People knew what hold an absence were currently doing. So, so there was that excitement level, but um, we, we wrote and released one song called permanent and we just mm -hmm. put it out there. And, um, and we got a, we got a message from Sharptone basically saying like, we love what you're doing, keep up the good work. Um, and yeah, it was literally from the first song that those guys reached out. So it, it really happened really quick. And then we put wow. out a second song called Dream of Me, which was kind uh -huh. of the, the yin to the yang, you know, like Permanent was more of like an atmospheric metalcore song. And then Dream of Me was more of like a, a shoegazy alt rock song, I guess. And mm -hmm. I think they just kind of realized we'd set out the parameters of what our band could be. Um, and they signed us straight away, dude, two songs. So, so it, it turned on a dime really quickly with Old Nabs. That must've been really exciting though. I mean, to have a label reaching dude. out right away and being like, I mean, what was yeah. that like? It was, it was insane. It was, um, I look back and it definitely put a lot of pressure on, on us because, you know, like I said, I've been doing this a long time and, and I, you know, I put out like, 20 songs with Falling With Style and then I put mm -hmm. out one song with Holden Absence and it, and it happened and it was like, <laughs> right, right. Oh, okay, you know, so, so yeah, there, there was a lot of pressure and I think that's kind of what led to our old guitarist leaving actually is, it was just a lot of pressure at the time, um, mm. but we're still here and we're still doing it, you know, and like I said, Faisal, the old guitarist is in loads now and, you know, everybody's still making music. So we, we got there in the end, you know? Right. Right. And then I did read a, a couple of interviews with you that you, you know, that happened. He left the band kind of in the middle of the recording process, right on that second yeah. record. Dude, it was sticky, man. And, and it was like, you know, no shade. Cause like, you know, it's the truth and he, he'd agree, but like, it was very much like he was the songwriter. Like it was like every, nobody else in the band really of the writing as he did so as when far as left, music goes like, yeah as far you, as music okay. goes yeah, yeah okay. i sorry yeah I've, I've always written my own lyrics and melodies and stuff but it was kind of like I when he left check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but when he left it was like how do we write a song you know like mm -hmm. where do we even begin and we'd also recorded six of these songs you know it wasn't like we just we were halfway through writing it like we'd literally been to a studio tracked six songs and then and then he left so it was like really in the in the really in a, in a tough space but um we ended up writing like a shadow and wilt which in my opinion are like the two best songs on that debut album without him and i think that kind of confidence inspired us to to keep doing what we were doing really so mm -hmm. and you put yeah. that record out in what 2019 ish yeah okay yeah, and then that record comes out do you you're able to tour it and give it a proper release i would imagine and then when when does the pandemic hit and did you have the next record out or, or not it wasn't so, out because it didn't come out to 2021 but yeah uh, you're right so that was dude you know like i look at this band and like 
I don't want to act like hard done by, but like, God, there was always something. There was something after something. And when we dropped that record, we did a headline run and we did some tours around, um, around Europe and, and it went really well. Um, and we were supposed to go to America for the first time in 2019. Um, oh, wow. and our, our v- and our visas got declined. So we, yeah, dude. So we went from, <laughs> you know, starting this band and having a guitarist leave halfway through the album and then finishing the album somehow trying to get a good touring cycle done with that record and then getting turned down from doing the biggest thing we'd ever been offered because of our visas. What, um, is, and, what was there just some weird, like, I don't even understand how that would even just uh, same, but I, th- I think honestly it was because it was like Trump o'clock, you know, it was like fucking oh, the less people. Gotcha. I think it was, it was like, there was like a quota of de- declination from what we can gather. And I think we were a bit of an easier target than maybe some bands and, you know, I, I'll never know actually what actually happened, obviously, but um, that's all we can assume, I guess. But basically, the point I'm getting at is, is that happened. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then, and then what? That was September 2019. We did a tour with Sleeping with Sirens, which was sick in Europe. And then, <laughs> you know, it was just like, yeah, so it was, it was thing after thing. So I kind of view this as actually the first period in our career where we haven't had something kind of cataclysmic go wrong you know mm-hmm. um but yeah man so the did you ha- great- did you write Sorry, the uh, great greatest mistake of my life during the pandemic or was that an album that you had together no, and, prior and this is kind of why covid felt even more annoying for us like god sometimes when i sit and talk about it i'm like oh god, how am i still here <laughs> you know how am i still yeah. doing this right. um, but we, we because of the pandemic uh, because of the the visa thing we were like, dude, screw it. Like, let's just, you know, the next three months of our lives have been kind of taken away from us. Let's just start working on the next album and let's just move on, basically. Um, so we wrote The Greatest Mistake and we went into the studio in February 2020. And then we left the studio and then two days later it was lockdown. So it was like, dude, I kid you not, man. So yeah, it, it was just like, it was just like thing after thing, you know. Um, yeah, I mean that album was supposed to come out in 2020, and because of COVID, we pushed it back six months. And uh, yeah, it was just crazy. So. Oh my gosh! Okay, so you had the record; it was done. It sounds like, and you're gonna yeah, re- yeah, yeah. release it, start the next album cycle, and now you're sitting on your hands. Well, we so we 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 just come out of the studio when COVID kind of okay. So, I mean, I remember being in the studio and watching the TV, and everybody was like actually happening you know like because mm-hmm. we'd been locked we'd been locked away for six weeks so we were kind of like is this a joke like I, you know i hadn't right. seen any we, we weren't even going to supermarkets or anything so we, we didn't really understand what was going on um but but yeah so and then big covid <laughs> same as everyone you, else though, you know? sure when do you and then you have an, the split coming out and tell me about that with alpha wolf and how did that come about and when did these songs get recorded and i want to hear that story so um, basically, and Alpha Wolf both had albums kind of come out during the, the pandemic. And, you know, I, I think basically we both felt like we deserved to tour those albums more than we did. Mm-hmm. But you know how it is, man, digital age, you've got to put music out. And, and we've always put music out frequently anyway. Um, so I guess it was a case of both of us wanting to put songs out and not just move on from our last records. Um, we're on the same label and split EPs mm-hmm. are cool. So, so it was quite a natural thing, really. Yeah, split EPs are cool. I was going to say, I haven't seen yeah. one in a while. 
like yeah, a split. Dude, we, we did one with Lowe's ironically back in 2018. So, so we've actually done a split before. Um, but it's a really fun idea. I wish more bands did it, bro. Like it's such a cool thing, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's kind of like a thing that has been lost and that's rad that you can, you're carrying on with it. Yeah, dude. And you know, like I said, I, I keep telling bands like do a split, man. Like you, you literally get the best of both worlds. You know, you get to mm-hmm. introduce yourself to a whole new following. You get to put out music without having to release an album, which is like kind of, you know, bands are scared of albums right now because of the whole, you know, Spotify algorithm and stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it, tick, it ticks every box, you know? And I mean, uh, the the split that we did with Lowe's back in 2018, like I've seen those vinyls go for like hundreds, you know? So it is, it is a, an iconic thing already four years later. And I can't, I can't wait for this, this is split to kind of be iconic in 10 years time as, as well, you know? So. Yeah. Very cool. And you, you guys got your visas approved. I saw that you're coming to, yes. <laughs> yeah. you're coming to yeah, the United yeah, States, yeah. man. Yeah, dude. Well, we, we actually came across in April. Uh, oh, you Daisy did. Cause to, you're coming back yeah. in August, right? Yes. Yeah. We've, we've okay. seen an amity. So, so yeah, man. So we've already kind of, we've done it and we've cut our teeth on it and we've learned like it is a whole different beast. Um, but uh, I can't, can't wait to come back and actually do like bigger venues and play with bands I grew up listening to and stuff. So that's cool, man. I recently moved to Nashville and you guys are playing here. Cool. Uh, yeah, we on are. The 21st, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to definitely have to come out and check you out. You're playing the Brooklyn bowl, which is such a rad venue. And it's next cool. to the baseball that we have like a minor league baseball team and it's like connected to the stadium. It's really pretty rad. Nice, dude. That's one yeah. of the cooler things is like, going to new places and just seeing crazy things, you know, like yeah. I had no idea Denver was just like on a mountain or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right, stuff yeah. you just, you just don't know until you get there and see, you know? So. Sure. Very cool. Well, I appreciate your time today. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for chatting. Been my pleasure, dude. Thank you very yeah. much for having me. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. I do have one more question actually uh, too, because I just noticed that uh, is Mike from being as an ocean still, is he touring with you guys? Uh, so he played guitar for us on one tour. Um, oh, okay. And, yeah, and he's just like the boy. But he also used to manage our old band when we were kids. So like we've known right? Mike, we've known Mike for so long, and I, I love that dude. So um, I so, interviewed yeah, him a long, a while back. I mean, it had to be in the beginning of COVID when he put out Heart of Gold when he was doing. Yeah. I think he's still doing that project. He is. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, and I love that project. Yeah. Yeah, and it was crazy because his he's he's from where you grew up, right? area i mean or? this is this is what i mean is like maybe three or four hours away but in america terms that's like next door to each other you know <laughs> so. yeah yeah okay because <laughs> i remember he was in la or living in la and his girlfriend i li- i'm from san diego and his girlfriend lived in san diego so he would spend like all this time here and i was it was just I, I so crazy still, i think he's moved there now dude yeah. yeah he was yeah he was moving to yeah. san diego i'm like what like this is so random uh but yeah anyway that's cool so he just did one tour with you guys he's not like a touring yeah, no, guitarist he, nah, i'd love for him to to come and do it as much as possible but it was kind of like the first back really after covid it was like uh-huh. kind of in that small pocket where everything opened up and and it, it just worked out that he was free and, and you know okay. it's all, the more the merrier really when, when sure. it comes to having a great back and vocal like the best you know a, a back and vocal is better than the lead singer is, is always <laughs> something <that> is. <laughs> yeah. i don't know about but uh that's that's so super cool man uh so my actually now my last question i just wanted to ask you about that real quick but um if you have any advice for aspiring artists um my advice is always just 
everything we do in life, let alone music, is just a, a combination of, of luck and hard work, you know. And, and I always say to people, you know, you can get all the luck and not put in any of the hard work, or you can do all the hard work and not get any luck. But the only one you can control is the hard work. So why would you, why would you hope for luck when you can assure hard work, you know? Um, and I guess a, a marriage of the two is, is good. You've just got to shoot your shots and buy your lottery tickets and, and just work your ass off and cross your fucking fingers, I guess. <laughs>